Yo, it's your girl, DJ Narc. What's going on? Oh, boy. So let me start by saying that if I moan and groan a little bit here and there when I get up to drink water, uh, it's because, as most of you probably already know, I had a bit of a tangle with a couple of trees about a week ago. And I am speedily recovering. (laughs) My leg is a little banged up. Nothing's broken. I just have a hematoma on my leg, which is just another way of saying a pretty bad bruise. And uh, the ribs on my right side, the ones in the back and in the front, are a bit bent. But every time I laugh too loud or I sneeze, I can hear them kind of bending out and then popping back in. And then, So the point is to get them to bend back completely and stay that way. But apparently that's a process. That probably sounds a lot more painful than it actually is. The way I would describe it is like having slept wrong. Uh, you know, when you sleep wrong on your neck and then you wake up with like a kink in your neck. It's like that, but it's all down my right side. But the body is so amazing because every time I go to sleep and I wake up, I can feel that it's a little bit better. So that takes care of that. Now let's get to it. (laughs) For the past couple of months, I've been thinking very deeply about the RevFam and the things we talk about and the things we believe and the connection that we have and how there are so many of us that can at times go underrepresented, misrepresented, and in the spirit not just of inclusivity, um, but also just fairness. I wanted to touch on a few topics that I don't think we talk about enough and those amongst us that we don't recognize enough. So I wanted to start with gender. The back and forth that exists in our culture right now, globally, about gender is really troubling to me only because it amazes me how much people feel that they can speak for others and what's going on inside of them and also about the rampant insecurity that exists just between us all where we feel that someone identifying as whatever they feel, is somehow very detrimental to us. It affects us somehow. This is like straight people being freaked out by by gay people. I've never understood this. If you're actually straight, right, big emphasis on actually, but if you're actually straight, what the fuck do you care if somebody else isn't? This is, this, I mean, can you imagine gay people being up in arms about straight people? Can you imagine gay people being afraid of straight people? Gay people bashing straight people? Gay people, uh, you know, taking to the streets, wanting to, you know, end heterosexuality, <laughs> killing straight people? It would be ridiculous. It would be completely ridiculous. But the opposite is very true and happens everywhere. 
and is just on a human level so, so, so troubling. And now you add to that the fact that now we have this gender discussion, which actually in a lot of ways pits gay people against those who are transgender as well. And I understand it because that fight to gain those freedoms, to gain that acceptance, to normalize homosexuality has been such a struggle that I can see how there are people within the gay community who are now irritated by the idea that there would be this new struggle based on sexuality. And that's where the issue is. And, And not just gay people, straight people, gay people. There are a lot of people of every walk who are really unnerved by transgenderism. There's all kinds of strange conspiracies about it. There's, there's, there's all kinds of nonsense swirling around it um, because it's seen as yet another you know, branching out of sexuality. And I think that's where we go wrong. I think that's exactly it. I don't think gender necessarily has anything to do with sexuality at all. I really don't. Who you choose to sleep with or not sleep with does not define your whole life. And it certainly doesn't define you as a person. Sure, there are people who wear sexuality on their sleeve and they, you know, that particular drive kind of encompasses their whole personality. But you've met people like that and they're incredibly boring. From the straight jock who only wants to check out girls to... Um, the over-sexualized, you know, a homosexual person. It doesn't matter. Over-sexualization in any preference is just kind of, eh. you know, is there nothing else to you? Is, is that all there is? And I think that's why it's hard for people who may be over-sexualized to see that Gender, the, the, the conversation of gender really doesn't have much to do with who you want to sleep with. It is about how you chemically, hormonally, socially have been conditioned and how you then try to make yourself fit into these two categories that the world has assigned and say, you either have to be this and you either have to be that. I think everything that's going on in terms of gender now has everything to do with forcing people into these two boxes. And if you can't be in those two boxes, then you know, you're know you a freak. But we know medically that this causes way, way, way more problems because now what we're doing is we're treating gender like we treat everything else. We're using, you know, instead of using a scalpel, we're using a hammer. So now we have this push to put, for example, very young children on hormone blockers because they've got to fit into one of these two boxes. Maybe it's okay to be completely ambiguous as to your gender while you're growing up. Maybe if these children didn't feel like they had to fit into one of these two boxes, they wouldn't engage in these therapies that later, a lot of the time, high, high numbers lead to suicide, right? Because 
whether you're saying, hey, you were born a boy and you feel like a girl or you were born a girl and you feel like a boy, here, let me help you with that. Regardless of which way you go on this, you're still giving that child the message that they've got to pick one or the other. And now we're starting to do so at younger and younger ages when these children are going through puberty, which is just symptomatic of the same fucking problem. Why are we so hell-bent that everything in our world has to be strictly binary? Why does it have to be this or that? Why, is, why can we not normalize that when children are going through puberty, there is going to be a subset of kids who just aren't sure, who've always perhaps felt <clears throat> more like one or the other, or upon closer examination, if you talk to them, you'll find that they maybe feel like neither. And this is where you have, you know, assholes, assholes that are now getting paid a hundred million dollars here and there you know by huge companies to sit and talk bullshit this is where you have assholes come in and say things like oh yeah they want to identify as an alien or they want to identify as you know um a purple person or that or that because they a fairy because they don't identify as male or female so there's this third other thing why is that so demonized why is that something that we can easily laugh at why why can't we normalize that there can be this space in between where a child, for whatever reason, just isn't sure. And instead of then pressuring them to fit into this mold that we've created, we let them discover. We let them be. We make sure that people don't bully them. We make sure that their own parents and the medical institutions don't bully them. We make sure that they have space for themselves, where they can figure out over the years of puberty without feeling like everyone is trying to kill them. Because that's the one thing that I come across over and over again. Whenever I speak to someone who's had a gender, <clears throat> some sort of a, a, a questionable you know, relationship with their gender, the first thing you always hear from them is like, I thought people were going to kill me. Like, everyone was looking at me like they wanted to kill me. Every, you know, my family was looking at me and wishing, you know, I could see in their eyes that they were wishing that they didn't have me. Why, why am I such an abomination? Why am I so abhorrent to this black and white structure? You know, and, and, and why am I being forced into one or the other? Well, that space, that safety, that security, until we learn how to find that for people and we stop insisting that they label themselves as anything, actually, that is where you'll have this healthy space for kids, especially kids, but also adults, who just aren't sure. Now, the thing I think that bothers the, the greater institution about this is that it's based on a person's internal feelings. And perhaps there is no better issue that highlights how little this world that we've created cares about your internal life. It doesn't care how you feel. It doesn't care that you have always identified with one gender more than the other. It doesn't care if you have no idea if you identify with either. I met someone when I was 19 um, who identified as asexual. And every time he said it, 
people were just mortified. Very good-looking guy, very well-off, successful model. Just never saw him with anyone. Never, never, you know, never saw him with a partner. So, of course, after a few years, people start asking, like, hey, you know, do you like guys? Do you like girls? And he said, neither. And it was almost this, you know, (laughs) this petrified look that would, you know, people almost seem to be turned to stone by the idea that, you know, that that was even more frightening than someone not identifying as one gender or the other, or, you know, this sexuality over that sexuality. That, That was someone saying, you know, I give up the whole game. I don't like any of it. And the more I got to know him, the more I realized that that asexuality had everything to do with how he identified um, in terms of gender. He didn't. The reason he was asexual is because he didn't identify as either, and therefore that impulse within him, you know, to want one or the other just didn't exist. And he was quite content, but but that decision... That labeling that he had done himself had everything to do with his internal life and how he felt. And if you look at it, that seems to be the problem that the greater establishment, that we, we, as a part of that greater establishment, that's the problem we seem to have and that's the pressure we seem to exert on people who would like some space for themselves, for their internal life. And they would like respect for what is going on in their internal life. And we find that very hard to give them, don't we? We find it very difficult. Drink something, please. I would say smoke something, but I don't know what's happened. Either I've lost my taste for it or um, hitting those three trees going really fast was like smoking the biggest joint on earth. Um... Or maybe I'm still high off of the experience, but I don't know. Every day I tell myself, okay, today I'll I'll smoke a joint, and then I don't. (laughs) Excuse me, but isn't that it? Isn't that what it boils down to, is that we have this inability to respect what is going on inside another person? I think this actually applies across the board because if you look at all the different ways that we choose to categorize and thus demonize each other and make each other the other, it all has to do with not at all wanting to acknowledge a person's inner life, not wanting to give that inner life of another person any respect. You know, it doesn't matter how you feel inside. It doesn't matter how you identify. We don't care how you feel. Get in line this way or that way and let's proceed. But where are we going? Proceed to what? Because if you look at that system, again, that we have created, that we are a part of, that we are subjected to, it's not going anywhere. Doesn't it seem like it just leads to an endless cycle of consuming, retaliating, warring, 
murder, theft, violence. And then, you know, we start over again because these are the externalities that we have been trained to chase. All the things that you've been trained to want and like and do in life fit into that system perfectly, which is why it allows you to exist. One of the things that always strikes me about people who are transgender is that they have to fight for their right to exist outside of a system. So any freedom that you think you have, any you know place in the world that you enjoy as being your own and you're respected within it, uh, don't get it twisted. It's only because you have decided to mold to the system. And as soon as you don't, those rights will be taken away from you and you will be pitched into a very difficult struggle just to maintain that you are worthy of simple respect, humanity, compassion. Now that's really, really scary, right? That's really, really scary. I posted a video of... um, on Instagram of these really beautiful people like walking down the street in China um, just very very fashionable and very beautiful and very confident and it's mesmerizing to watch you know because you see this will tie in don't worry you see a new world emerging on the other side of the world um, you see how not only power but money has shifted and the Western world has become uh, somewhat of a relic. And really it's Asia that's now pushing into the future and their, and their culture, their fashion, their, their swagger, it reflects that. But I couldn't help but think, yeah, you guys are allowed to be this way because you choose to flow within the current. And within that current, as long as you accept and flow with the status quo, you were afforded every luxury, every acceptance, uh, every praise, you know? What did I say? They're beautiful, they're confident, they're fashionable. All the things that we prize, you are allowed to have as long as you don't step out of line. But within that same social structure that I'm mentioning, we know very well that there are people who are um, not accepted and cannot function in those ways because they have decided that or, or they were born into a belief, a religious system, or something they adopted themselves that chooses a different current And once you choose that, your ability just to be or just to survive comes into question. All of a sudden, it's not quite that solid whether you have the right to exist. In the same way, I feel those who are uh, transgender very, 
very deeply feel that they have to constantly fight for their right just to exist. Because without meaning to, they have picked a fight with an institution that eats up anything that does not choose a side. Now, I didn't realize any of this growing up. I didn't know any of this. But I knew from a very young age that uh, people constantly mistook me for a boy. Now, that might have had a lot to do with my haircut, might have had a lot to do with being surrounded by brothers, always being with them, you know, so people just think, oh, instead of uh, four brown, brown boys, it's actually, you know, three brown boys and a girl, it doesn't matter. But I had no idea that what was naturally kind of coming back to me from the environment, the feedback I was getting from my environment, was going to place me outside of that current. I just knew that people thought I was a boy. And even when they learned that I was a girl, they still kind of identified me as a boy and treated me like a boy. That slowly morphed into me understanding as I became a teenager, as my body started to change and I started to really get angry about it. I began to realize that it wasn't just that people were mistaking me for a boy, right? It wasn't just that people were tricked by the hair, by the attitude, uh, just by my general disposition. It was that they were seeing something in me that I didn't start to recognize until I started to physically turn into a woman. When I physically started to turn into a woman, I was so mad. You know, uh, I've said that before in the podcast that I had a very specific look (laughs) that I really, really loved. I was a Oxford shirt, you know, fitted blazer, stovepipe pants, like real slim in the leg pants, high heels, hair pulled back in a ponytail kind of person. Uh, I've been watching a lot of Sopranos since I've been laid up, and (laughs) I know this is going to sound ridiculous, but in a lot of ways, you know, that guy they bring over from Italy, Furio, you know, that was my look. It just looked like a a gangster from another country that had just come off the boat. (laughs) That was my whole look. Um, And I loved it. I mean, I really, really loved it. It was such a source of power for me because I could, without realizing it at the time, the happiness that I felt was that I could identify as myself with what I chose to wear. When my body started to change, I felt that it was such a betrayal. You know, because that look that I just described to you, it was more than just clothing. It was my mindset. It was how I chose to show up in the world and how I chose to be dealt with and respected. And it it worked. 
you know? I mean, I wore a school skirt every day because I went to private school. But whenever, and, and but even then it was, you know, school skirt, fine, but tights, not showing any skin, blazers, hair pulled back. And those things weren't, you know, decreed by my parents. My parents didn't insist on that. I just didn't like showing skin. I think I identified that very much so with being very girly and it completely turned me off. Even now, I have this very strange relationship to skin. Whenever I I see women showing a lot of skin, uh, kind of, you know, that perpetual just nakedness, it's such a turnoff to me because it just, I identify it with almost um, a, a kind of celebrated weakness. You know, here, look how vulnerable and weak I am. I'm almost naked. Get the fuck out of here. Like, nothing about that has ever appealed to me. It seems so powerless to me, especially as a teenager. And so that's how I chose to conserve my power, was to be covered up. So there they are, the Oxford shirts and the blazers and, you know, the very skinny pants. And now, within a few months, it seemed like, I have these gigantic boobs. And my hips are growing, and I'm knocking into everything. And the little spaces in my house that I could walk into, I can't walk into anymore because my ass is getting huge. And I was just mortified. Oh my god. The shame the weirdness, the pain of it, like what the fuck is going on? How am I supposed to maintain my power in the world as I become more and more physically vulnerable looking? Now that may sound strange, but one of the first things I realized as my body started to change was how much danger I was in. You know, And I went through puberty late. So until like 15, 16, you know, if you saw me walking around, I looked like a boy with long hair, basically. Or, you know, then I cut my hair. So again, so I was a boy with a bob, basically. If, you know, on the outside, you probably thought I was like um, a gay woman with a really bad attitude or something that would fuck you up. But I did not come across as someone that you'd want to put your hands on, someone that you'd want to walk up to and kind of hit on. That was always the complete antithesis of what I wanted to be or how I wanted to appear. My look has always been stay the fuck back. 10 feet back, please, just stay the fuck away from me, don't talk to me, don't try to talk to me, don't tell me I'm fucking pretty, don't, just shut the fuck up, you know, and, like, it would irritate me, even as a kid, when people would be like, oh, but you're so pretty, shut up, shut up, what does it fucking matter to you, and what the fuck, that's like me commenting on the size of your dick or something, shut the fuck up, leave me alone, don't look at me like that, And as my body changed, I realized that I didn't have a choice anymore. I could no longer say to people, shut the fuck up, don't look at me like that, don't talk to me like that. Because it was like my body was giving them permission to do it. 
And that was really fucked up for me. You know, it really bothered me. Like, I don't have control anymore over how people view me and how people are going to treat me because my body has betrayed my My body has put me, you know, it's pitted me against my personality. And that was really, really, really tough. I mean, just thinking about it makes me want to cry because I went through years and years of thinking like, why the fuck did my body do this to me? I was so, I would say it all the time, even in high school, I'd say I was so happy. I was so, so happy being that gender neutral person, being that asexual person. Because also before all this started happening, I didn't really have, you know, sexual wants. I didn't, I didn't prefer either gender. I didn't think about those things. I was a kid. And then my body forced me, it seemed, like, you know, into a world of heterosexuality. And the more I was immersed in that world, the less I liked it. It was filled with predation and violence and fear. Fear. That, and that I, hadn't, I hadn't counted on that. It hadn't occurred to me at that young age that the way I dressed before that and the styles that I had adopted were protection, protective and that they were shielding me from a whole world of violence, you know? But now I look back on it and, and it makes me laugh because everyone would get so mad at my parents for not uh, disciplining me and when it came to my looks and now I can see why they didn't do it because they could on a visceral level I don't know if they understood it on an intellectual level but on a visceral level they understood that I was reacting to becoming a target you know because I didn't go from being uh flat-chested and looking like a boy and dressing like a boy to having, you know, A-cup boobs and slowly becoming a woman. I mean, it was like fucking overnight and like, boom, C-cup. No, D-cup. What the fuck is going on? And so I think they understood that all of a sudden there was this big target on my back and that I was reacting to the fear, the intimidation, the looks, the comments, the touches, the, 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 the violence of it, you know, and my way to protect myself from that entire, it seemed like, you know, one, once that world opened up to me, it seemed like there was nothing else. All of a sudden it became very clear to me that straight men didn't spend much time doing anything except thinking about sex. And that was really troublesome to me. You know, as a teenager who was reading, you know, not even as a teenager, as a kid who was reading Fitzgerald at 10 and Nietzsche and Kierkegaard and all these other, it was baffling to me that straight grown men who had every amazing book and place in the world and the money to go to those places and the time to read those books and to think those thoughts and have those experiences, that they didn't care about that stuff. That really boggled my mind. It was very confusing to me. 
Because if you have the freedom of having money, of being a man, of being able to go anywhere you want and do anything you want without society telling you you can't, without the fear of someone, you know, fucking you up or raping you or doing this or that and the other, why, if you have that kind of freedom, would you choose to waste your time just constantly and consistently thinking about sex? It didn't make sense. You have everything open to you. It's like sometimes when I listen to the Joe Budden podcast, it really, really disturbs me. It's really fucking disturbing because you have these, even Joe Rogan, you have these straight men who by all accounts, you know, with the way the society is set up, are at the top of the food chain. You have these straight men who have an enormous amount of money and could therefore have any experiences that they want. And all they redundantly choose to focus on is women. And not just women, but their body parts. You know, it's not like these men come in and have deeply intellectual conversations about how they feel about a particular woman or some insightful conversation they've had with a woman or some new concept they've learned or some new place they've gone or some new art they've seen with a woman. No, I mean literally some of the most highest paid men in the world who have access to basically any experience possible choose to waste their time and, and, you know, whatever you talk about is what you indulge in most. Waste their life just thinking about body parts. It's really disturbing. So, as someone who thought, you know, at 14, 15, when everyone else was had boobs already and had their period already and all of a sudden overnight had turned super girly and as someone who thought they had probably gotten passed over, you know, by 14, 15, I was like, ooh, this probably won't happen for me. Thank God, you know, dodge that bullet. As someone who thought that they could continue with that genderless life that I was living, um, I, I felt like the world was my oyster, you know, <laughs> that I could do anything, that I could go anywhere and, and, and handle myself, take care of myself, be safe. And then it happened. <laughs> and it happened so rapidly and so kind of monstrously that I had no control. And it wasn't just the internal loss of control that had me reeling. It was being inducted into this uh, society of complicity. You know, I was taught against my will the ways of being a subjugated straight woman. And, and, and for me, I mean, I'm just going to be really, really honest. For me, straight femininity is so synonymous with subjugation that it makes me kind of sick. You know, I don't, I don't go out of my way to tell people 
that I'm gay. I don't go out of my way to tell people that I'm bisexual. I, it, it doesn't define me as a person. But whenever it comes up and someone misidentifies me, I'm very quick to be like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that ain't me, chief. It's, I'm not that. And I think it has a lot to do with that first induction into that what seems like this, you know, secret society. No one lets you know. No one tells you that as soon as you are identified by the world out here, <clears throat> excuse me, drink something. As soon as you identify as, uh, as soon as the world, as soon as the world identifies you as a straight woman, or, or I guess they don't even care, as a woman, um, you are expected to subjugate yourself to the carnal needs of men, not just their needs, their wants, that concept blew my fucking mind. So you're telling me that just because my body got bigger in certain areas and smaller in other areas, that now it's my problem what some motherfucking guy wants? How? What the fuck is going on? How the fuck does this work? And so, without ever thinking that this would be like, you know, a way to embrace my religion or a way to... Um, and it was never about piety. It was never about uh, wanting to be a good Muslim. It was never, didn't even occur to me. I, I just started covering up because it just seemed bizarre to me that the shape, excuse me, that's my stomach, that the shape of my body now made me somehow responsible for the needs of these, what seem like thoughtless, you know, drones, these thoughtless automatons that are just walking around wanting to stick their dick into anything that had certain proportions. It made me sick, you know, like, get me out of this. I don't want to be this. I'd rather be the fucking crow. Fuck you guys. And I'd have, you know, girls in high school, girls in college, always telling me, like, what are you doing? Like, you got a body, bitch. Like, you could be out here bagging these dudes left and right. And I would always just look at them like, that's fucking gross. <laughs> Who the fuck wants to bag these dudes? This is fucking nasty. Like, why, why is it my problem? When did it become my fucking problem? What the fuck you want in life? Or what the fuck you think you want from me? And why? Because in my head, having been genderless for so long, I had built myself, my self-esteem, my sense of self, my value wasn't built on sexuality. Because for so long I didn't go through puberty, for so long I was in that genderless state, that my esteem, my sense of value in myself was built on who I am outside of sexuality. It was built on my mind. 
the things I thought about, the things I read, the things I put together, the things I connected, the new ideas I came up with, the insights I was able to create. That's what I was. That's what I defined myself as. You know, so this is even past being transgender. It wasn't that I was a a, a girl, a, a boy who was born into a girl body. It wasn't that I was a girl who hated her body because she wanted to be more like a boy. It wasn't any of that. It was that for a beautiful 15, 16 years, I was left alone. <laughs> I don't know why that one makes me want to cry. But it was beautiful. It was safe. I was, I, I bloomed, you know, intellectually. And that's all I've ever been interested in. The rest of this stuff, I don't know. Like sometimes people categorize it, you know, men, men, straight men. Uh, if you get together all my exes, the one thing they'll probably all agree on is that I have very little feeling. <laughs> I mean, I, listen, I can love someone and care for someone, but like there's a limit, you know, <laughs> I just, I don't have that. Uh, I don't have that, that, that kind of carnal based need for someone, you know, my they would probably all categorize me as being cold, right? That's the one thing I've heard over and over again from the people that I've been with is that I can be cold, I can be icy, I can be uh, emotionally removed. Well, all they're trying to tell you, all they're saying when they say that is that I don't respond emotionally as they expect a straight woman to respond to their bullshit, I'm, honestly, that's all they're telling you. Because what they're saying is that I have a certain reaction as a straight man and I expect a formulaic response from a straight woman and what I get back is a response from someone who was for the formative years of their life genderless and you know allowed, allowed uh, to be invisible in society, which gave her, gave it, gave me the space to be in my mind, to be, uh, to be free, to be free of the social constructs. And that person that developed in that little bubble of freedom that my, um, delayed onset of puberty afforded me that bubble of freedom that I grew up in, that my thoughts were formed in, that my sense of self was formed in, does not respond to the stimuli that straight men are taught to exert to get a certain reaction. You know, if you say some dumb shit to me thinking you're going to hurt my feelings, instead of crying, I'm going to tell you to go fuck your mother and to get the fuck out of my face before I break your fucking nose. <laughs> and that's not me being a guy. That's me, again, being that genderless teenager who's like, are you fucking kidding me? You can't talk to me like that. 
And I can cite you 17 million fucking resources throughout time on the nature of man of why you can't fucking talk to me like that. It has nothing to do with whether or not I'm a boy or a girl or what parts of my body are round or what parts are flat. I'm telling you on an intellectual level that you can't fucking speak to me like that ever. But as the teenage years progressed and as the female body started to, you know, show up in me, I realized that I was expected now to acquiesce. That's what I mean about this subjugation, to to acquiesce to all sorts of behavior that like, no, like, where's the fucking respect? Where's the fucking respect? And then I found that respect again through that, you know, crow um, identity that I took on. Sure, it was probably more fear, weirdness, being uncomfortable, but it was just a way for me to, you know, kind of push society back and say, listen, stop looking at me like a sexual object. I would rather you look at me as a scary fucking freak that you don't understand then look at me as someone that you think you can tell what to do, that you think that you can call after in the street, that you think that you can touch whenever you want, that you think that you can rape or bully or make cry or blah, blah, blah. Because that's also what it was. It was this, the body changed. Males started to treat me, you know, kind of wanting to trigger me into being that female. Well, she looks like a girl. She hell of a girl, right? Hell of a body. That was one of the things I'd hear all the time. Damn, like you're really well built. Damn, you got a body. And then let's now socially kind of integrate her into this body by talking to her like this, by saying things like this, by suggesting she wear this, by suggesting she not wear that. And every time they would do so, they would get me. You know, that that was completely like there was no connection between me and my body at that point. My body was this other thing that was just happening to me. And inside, I was just like, no, you can't fucking talk to me like that. What the fuck did you just say to me? Did you just try to fucking touch me? Did you just really say that I should get these shoes and instead of that, those shoes because they're sexier or guys will like me more? You honestly think I want you motherfuckers to like me? Fuck you. Fuck you. Nobody wants you to like them. Y'all are a bunch of fucking predators. Like, it's fucking disgusting. No, I'm not fucking buying the heels. I'm buying the fucking sneakers, and you can go fuck yourself. That's always been one of my cues, actually. When I'm around guys, if they comment on my footwear, I know that they're not the guy for me. As soon as a guy says to me, like, whoa, those are really big sneakers, or wow, those boots are pretty serious. I'm like, okay, not the guy. Because what you're telling me is my choice of footwear, which is designed to keep me safe from assholes like you, is threatening to you. You'd rather me out here in a pair of heels that I can't even fucking walk in because that vulnerability appeals to you. So if that vulnerability, i.e. subjugation, is what you find attractive in straight women, you gotta get the fuck up from around me. Because that's just not who I am inside. (laughs) 
and we're going to have a fucking problem because it's going to start with you commenting on the sides of my shoes and it's going to go every place you can fucking imagine. And this is going to turn into a motherfucking power struggle because you have decided because of the way my body looks that I am in every way here created alive conscious to fulfill one need that you have that's the other thing about the podcast joe budden podcast joe rogan podcast whenever they do talk about women they talk about them in such a limited way those women are only there to perform one function to provide one singular service and that's it whenever they speak about a woman that you could actually have a conversation with they sound like they're talking about god (laughs) and and that and that my friends is the crux of what I'm getting to there is something about stepping outside of these extremely toxic binary gender roles that we have that gives you an enormous amount of power And I think at the heart of it, that is what really unnerves people about transgenderism. It's that you've decided that your sexuality is not the most important thing about you. It's just not. You are not there to perform solely one function and then go away except to be that one in a million woman that someone some man thinks he can have a conversation with and then that woman gets elevated to the to the you know to the status of being godlike what if every woman that you identify as someone you'd want to sleep with what if every person that you identify as someone you would want to sleep with could be elevated to that level because you were more interested in their insight and their conversation than you were in the shape of their body and what you've been trained to believe is the function for that body that was always my biggest problem why do you feel that my body is here to perform this soul function for you? Why have I now become a tool in your fucked up system because of the way I look? And so for years, I took that out on myself. Like You've heard the stories. I've said it before in the lives. I've said it on the podcast. I used to duct tape my boobs so I looked like I completely flat chested, wear wife beaters, put my hair up in a in a very short wig, go out with all my girlfriends and just be the guy standing in the corner. And every fucking girl at the club would at one point in the night come up to me and like literally try to fuck me. Hey, I'll go home with you. Hey, did you have a car? Oh my God, I don't know what it is about you, but I just can't stay away. Oh my God, you're so fucking hot. What's your name? How come you're here with all these girls? Oh my God, are these your girlfriends? Like all this shit. And I would just stand there and think, Jesus Christ, I'm trying to get away from this. (laughs) And now you guys are doing it. I thought if I did that, guys would leave me alone. And I had the rudest awakening because as soon as guys left me alone because they thought I was a guy, it was the straight girls. And they were doing the same shit. 
I had girls grabbing on me, touching me, kissing me without my fucking permission. That's one of the things that's happened the most in my life. You would think, right, with the things that I've described and the the obvious um, hostility that I have towards straight men, you would think that it would be them who has encroached on me physically the most, but it hasn't been. It's been straight women. Straight women are so rapey, yo. I'm serious. Straight women are so rapey. I've had so many straight women kiss me without my consent when I've just been standing there going, why is this happening? How the fuck are you doing this right now? Like, why are you, why do you feel like it's okay to put your fucking hands on me right now? And they would just, you know, uh, it's always this, um, oh, I was swept up in the moment. I'm not even gay. I'm not even gay. I don't know why I did that. I can't believe I did that. And I'm like, you know, your preference in sexuality is probably not the most poignant thing in what's just happened. Your lack of respect for my boundaries, your encroaching on my physical body is way more alarming than whatever you identify as sexually. But that never even factored into it right? So it's not just about, I I don't think that gender is as easy as people make it seem. Gender has a lot to do with power. It has a lot to do with control. It has a lot to do with feeling safe within the constructs that we've created and with how people behave and treat you depending on how they identify you gender-wise. See, the thing about the crow was that the crow was gender neutral, right? Didn't matter if the crow was a guy or a girl. You understood it. You understood the the drive, the purpose there. What did he want? He wanted revenge. What did he want? He wanted to be left alone. What did he want? He wanted the love of his life back. What did he want? He wanted justice. And so he painted himself up and dressed himself up in a way that was asexual. It's not about sex. It's not about fucking. It's not about me being a man. It's not about me being a woman. It's not about anything. It's about what's right. I'm here to do something and then I'll be gone. And that's it. And then I'm going to turn back into air. That's it. And that really fucking appealed to me because that's how I felt. That's how I still feel. Right? So a lot of times on the lives, people say, damn, you you seem to, in the past few years, have, you know, quite a lot of trouble with the opposite sex. No, it's not that I have trouble with the opposite sex. It's just that men have become even more indoctrinated. They've really kind of dug in their heels and are very insistent as our culture becomes more and more hypersexualized, they've become much more insistent on these gender roles. Whereas in the 90s, we had the whole waif thing going on. We had, a, we had androgyny. You know, androgyny was a big thing in the mid-90s. And men were much more open and cultured to the idea of woman, women being more than body parts. But now, ironically, even though we're 20 years into the future... Now, women have been reduced to specific body parts even. 
you know, in the 90s, you could say, okay, there was a huge emphasis on the face, right? There was that whole Kate Moss era. Didn't really matter if the boy looked like a, uh, the body looked like a boy or a girl. Didn't matter if you had, you know, big boobs or hips or whatever. Didn't matter. It was the face. Everyone was obsessed with the face. And the more gender neutral the face was, the more we loved it, right? That's the era that Baba's dad was fantastically famous because he just had that face, right? Couldn't tell if he was a boy or a girl. Now we have this incessant fixation with certain body parts and those body parts are being more and more modified to create this, you know, hyper-femininity. But all that produces from what I can see around me all that produces are men who are specifically predatory to females you're you're almost called you know they're almost like a in a petri dish they're being cultured they're being grown that way now because there is such a specific attention being paid to women being just parts The thing about being asexual, being transgender, not that those are the same at all, but the thing about being outside of those societal norms is that people have to deal with you specifically. They have to deal with your mind. They have to deal with your personality. They have to deal with your thoughts. You cannot be relegated into this group or that group. You cannot be reduced to this body part or that body part. And that forces a deeper conversation. It forces a deeper connection because now you get to know me outside of that, right? One of the things I remember when I went to school in Maryland, uh, one of the first few nights that I was there, my, uh, my, a couple of my friends, they dressed me up in their clothes, And once they got me in their clothes, they couldn't fucking believe it. They were like, you got that body under there? You wearing these fucking size 16 raver pants with these little shirts? Like, and you got that ass and you got those thighs and you got those boobs and you're hiding all that? And they dressed me up in their little outfit with the short, short, short shorts, the crop top, they curled my hair, all the shit, heels, blah, blah, blah. It makes me feel like it's cringy just thinking about it. And we went out and sure enough, you know, got all the predatory, fucked up, scary male attention. And they kept looking over at me, giving me the thumbs up, winking at me every time a new guy would pay attention to me. And the whole time I was just thinking, I can't wait to fucking take go home and take a shower. I can't wait for this to fucking be over. Like, this is fucking hellish. What the fuck is going on? Not one of these people gives a fuck who I am or what I think. Or the fact that I've spent, you know, the the... the better part of this morning reading Heidegger like they don't fucking care they don't give a fuck they just want to fuck and that to me is the most boring just banal way to live that's the most banal connection I can think of is someone who just wants to fuck you I've, I've been doing this experiment lately with people that I know where they'll say 
oh my god i like so and so so much oh my god i wish that guy would date me oh my god i wish this girl would date me and i tell them i'm like take two weeks think about the person incessantly think of all the different ways that they would fuck you like make it real in your head masturbate do whatever you gotta do but make it very fucking real think about all the fucked up things all the wonderful things all the kinky things that this person could do to you go into great detail go right into it spend two weeks just fucking waste those two weeks thinking about all that shit in two weeks you don't even want the person anymore you'll be so fucking bored you will And they'll say to me, no, come on, I I really like this person. No, I really feel like I have a connection with this person. No, I really feel, okay, 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 I believe you. Now spend two weeks imagining all the different things that they could and would do to you. Probably, you know, honestly, 70% of the things that you imagine that you want them to do to you, they would never do to you because they don't have the fucking guts and you don't have the guts to tell them that you want those things. But just in your head, spend two weeks imagining all that shit, the kinkiest shit, the craziest shit, the most daring stuff, whatever. Imagine all of it. In two weeks... You're burnt out. In two weeks, you're thinking, ah, but what does he like to read? Can he cook? Where has he been? And when he went to those places, what did he do there? You know what I'm saying? Did he just take, like, selfies or group pictures with friends, like, overlooking a vista? I mean, I'm not trying to be a bitch, but, like, yuck like what what else like did you do anything did you meet some cool people did you did you come to some new insights did you like what do you what do you think about you know what what do you think happens after we die what do you you know (laughs) there's so many things there's so many things What, what do you think about the fact that there is, you know, and there are whole schools of thought that wouldn't exist right now in our world if certain civilizations hadn't saved certain documents. What do you think about this new thing that just came out about historically there's that thing being inaccurate and actually it was like this. What do you, what do you think about the real shit? Once we get past you fucking me 10 million different ways, however you wanted to fuck me, then what? What the fuck is left? Because if I take all of that out of the equation, if I satisfy every fucking sexual urge I have with you in my head and I get it out of my system, what am I left with in you? You know, the the Pluto toxic guy that I was telling you about in the last podcast, bro, we'd have conversation after conversation. It was just him like talking about like the Ferrari he wanted. And I was just like, why am I doing this? Like in my head, I'd be like, I hate pretending to be a girl. (laughs) I fucking hate it. I hate pretending to be a fucking straight girl. It's so fucking exhausting. Like, do I really care? That you want this Ferrari. It's not that, listen, nothing against Ferrari. It's a beautiful car. The car he wanted is a beautiful car. Nice. A little questionable on, like, you know, the color and all that. But okay, no, you know, none of my business. Like, beautiful car. But that's not the fucking point. Okay, I, I get that you want that car. 
kudos to you, but also like, let me just be a guy for a second. Here I am playing into those gender roles. Like, what are you doing to get that car? Not much. Not much. You know, because if you use your fucking brain instead of your dick, you'd probably be a lot further along in getting that car than you are right now. But instead, you just want to kind of jerk off to the dream of being that alpha male. Oh, and look at these sunglasses. These are the sunglasses. That's when I knew I was done. Sent me two different screenshots. These are the sunglasses I would wear driving this car. You know what? Just fucking kill me. Like, what the fuck am I doing here? What am I doing here? Why am I... <laughs> oh, my fucking God. Like, that's that's what I mean. That's what I mean. It's this weird dumbing down that happens when you play into these gender roles. Like, I should have been... But, you know... Society has kind of battered it into me to not be that way. But as a teenager, I would have been like, okay, well, this is really boring. And I don't really care what kind of car you have. Although that car is really nice. You know, there is a few things that like you could start doing right away that would help you acquire that dream. Whatever dream it is, if it happens to be a car, great. But, you know, there are things that you can be doing right now, mentally, spiritually, physically, that would make that dream more of a reality. But it was never about that dream becoming a reality. It was just another way to kind of exert this testosterone-fueled mindset of these are the things, these are the pieces, these are the parts that I want you know, and then within a couple of weeks, it became, can you imagine me in that car with the sunglasses and you? So me, the sunglasses and the car are the same, right? They're pieces in his alpha male fantasy, right? the most kind of souped up gender role he could imagine was having all these objects in the same place in the same time under his control right that that is what's always bothered me that is what for me um you know likens straight femaledom to subjugation he's like what the fuck are you talking about like do you realize that i have my own thoughts and my own feelings and my own opinions and that i am not uh, and cannot be equated to a fucking ferrari or a pair of really expensive sunglasses like do you get that you just put me on a fucking list with the other objects that you fucking want See, that didn't exist for me before my body physically turned into a woman. That's not how people treated me. That's not how people interacted with me. They couldn't really tell if I was a guy or a girl. So you know what they did? They actually fucking talked to me. Sure, maybe they were talking to me because they were trying to figure out which one I was. But in the meantime, they were actually fucking talking to me. 
It's not like this motherfucker said, oh, we're going to go for a drive in the south of France. And this, and he's not, he's not even cultured enough for that. I think he was talking about like, we'll drive down the Amalfi Coast or some shit he'd seen in a fucking movie. And, you know, we'll listen to techno music. Oh my God. Just, just listen. <laughs> listen. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh. If bored was a sound, that would be the sound. Um, you know, it's not like he wanted to to drive around in this car and have, you know, deep conversations about the nature of the universe and the nature of man and then, you know, the nature of morality. No, he literally just wanted a pretty object with another pretty object in it with another pretty object on his face and fucking techno music. He wanted a bunch of pretty objects that hype up his gender role, right? <laughs> and that was it. That was the beginning and the end of the dream. There was no, it wasn't more to it. It wasn't like, you know, the the reason that dream is so satisfying is because I'll have that Ferrari and I'll have you and I'll have these sunglasses, but it's because I have this amazing company that does this amazing work and helps people all over the world. No, 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 no. There was no beginning or end to the thought. It was just that. And that, to me, is what makes gender roles so fucking destructive is because the way we've got gender set up right now, one gender is just an object to the other. It is. One, the way the gender roles are set up right now, one gender is only there to feed the other gender's hypersexualization. You know, if you got a big ass, if you got a fat ass and big boobs, you got dudes all everywhere, you got mad dudes paying for shit all over your Instagram, all over your likes, all over your comments, right? They become an object for you. They're, they're seeking out the objectification in you and they become an object for you. If you're a dude, you know, you got mad money, you got a bad bitch on your arm, but you're an object to them. That's what gender roles have always seemed like to me. It's just a way to hype each other in this very toxic cycle. N- nowhere in that have I ever seen a, a, a real inquisitiveness, a real curiosity about what's going on in that person's mind. How can we be so interesting, so complex, have so much depth as humans and have it be completely disregarded? I think that's ultimately what scares people about transgenderism. I think what scares them is that there are people out there who are saying, you know, there's just a lot more to me than these two ways that you want to use my body as a tool. And I just don't identify with either one. And I'm sorry because I don't want to be fucking treated that way and I don't fucking feel like it. I don't fucking feel like it. Well, you're a girl because you were born a girl. Well, I don't feel like it. And I don't feel like being treated the way you fucking treat girls. So fuck you. Interestingly, in a place like Denmark, I don't feel that rift as much within myself. It's much more comfortable to identify as a female in this culture because females in this culture aren't being fucking subjugated. 
because females in this culture aren't being talked down to because females in this culture aren't being used for their fucking body parts. So it's a little bit easier. Doesn't make it natural, doesn't make it comfortable, just makes it a little bit easier. You know, in a perfect world, I would be allowed to personality-wise be how I am, still have this body, and still not be identified as a female. And that would be okay. Because it would be a really easy way to let people in on the fact that they shouldn't treat me like they treat what in their mind is considered a straight, natural-born female. Because to be perfectly honest, I'm not. I think, again, this is why so many guys have such an issue with me. So many girls will tell me, you know, I was listening to your podcast and my boyfriend got mad. I was watching your videos and my boyfriend got mad. Or, you know, I was talking to my husband. He was saying he hates you. He hates the Rev fam. He said, no, no, he doesn't hate the fucking Rev fam. He doesn't hate me. He wishes he fucking was me. He wishes he had the fucking balls to talk the way I fucking talk. He hates the fact that someone that he identifies externally as a woman is talking to him in his face like a fucking man. That's what he fucking hates. He hates the fucking power behind me. That's what he fucking hates. Because like everybody else, when I went through puberty, that power was supposed to be taken away from me. And I was supposed to know my fucking role and know my fucking place and stay there. And part of that, not even the subtext, the bold text that that underlines that change is that now you know your fucking place. You are the weaker gender. You are the weaker sex. You're here to be used. So shut your fucking mouth. Don't tell me what you think you deserve or what you think you fucking need. I'm going to tell you where you belong, when you sit in that car next to me and where we fucking go. Because one of the things I said to him, I was like, well, I don't think that Amalfi would probably be the place that I'd want to go. Well, what about Ibiza? You know, just kill yourself. Like, no. It wasn't about like, oh, well, where would you like to go? Or what, what would you like to see? Or what, what, you know, what place intrigues you? No. Once you get, you know, cemented into these roles, you don't have a fucking choice anymore. You're not supposed to fucking talk to me like that. You're not supposed to fucking tell me that I can't talk to you like that. Know your fucking gender and stay within that fucking box, please. The thing that irritates, if you're one of those people that has a partner who's a who's a straight male and he doesn't like me understand that what he doesn't like about me is the thing that he fucking loves in his friends it's the thing that he fucking loves in his brothers it's the thing that he looks up to in his fucking dad it's the thing that he wishes he could fucking be that's what he doesn't like in me because that attitude that strength that power is never supposed to be in the hands of someone who's got d-cup boobs and a big ass and a pretty face. Never, never, never. You should know your fucking place. If you have those attributes, you belong to me. You don't get to say what the fuck you like. You don't get to say how I fucking talk to you. You don't get to say how I fucking treat you. You do what you're fucking told. Because you are basically a receptacle for my fucking bodily fluids. That's what you're here for. That's what your body is telling me. So how can we be surprised that in, at this point in time, there are people who are saying, you know what, I give up this gender. I don't want to be this fucking gender. One, because internally I don't fucking feel like it. 
biologically, I don't fucking feel like it. And socially, you've made it such an unattractive prospect that I don't fucking want it. You've made it so unattractive as a prospect that I am openly in a society where I could get fucking killed for saying it. I'm saying, no. No. And you know what? My mom doesn't have any sort of a gender issue, and my mother's the same way. Because it's about power. For her, it's not because she grew up feeling like she was a boy, but she's often said, you know, I don't see any difference between me and a man. I don't see any fucking difference whatsoever, not in power, not in strength, not in anything. A man is going to talk to me the way he talks to another man that he fears and respects, or he's not going to fucking talk to me at all. And I'm exactly the same way. Now, I have this, you know, biological thing as well, that there is a part of me that kind of looks at my external body and goes, this is an interesting hapsuit. <laughs> this is interesting. Right? She doesn't have that. But the mentality, the mentality is the same. And that mentality, unless we're able to be intellectual enough to grasp it, that's what tra transgenderism, that's what it expects of us. It expects us to stop thinking with our dicks and start thinking with our fucking minds. It can't be as simple as, I want to stick my dick in you or not anymore. It can't be. It has to be more than that. Just like my mom said, either you're going to talk to me and treat me like a fucking man that you respect and fear, or you're not going to fucking talk to me at all. Because that's the level of respect that I'm due from you. And the reason she says it like that is because she understands how fucking toxic this society is. She understands that in this particular society that we live in now, men don't talk to other people with respect the way they should until it's someone that's either their equal or someone they're afraid of. And if you think for a second that women, straight women, heterosexual women, women who identify as female, that, that they're included in that group, you are fucking wrong. Look around. Everything in society is priming them, teaching them day in, day out with every impression, every Instagram post, every uh, IG story, every zoom in on the ass, every new fake ass on the market, every new implant on the market. Everything is priming them to see you as a puzzle piece. Something they get to take apart and use each piece as they see fit. They never got to put you together as a whole puzzle though. They never got to see the whole picture because you don't fucking matter. Your parts matter, but you don't fucking matter. It's like when I learned um, when I learned that the Honda Accord was the most stolen car in the world, I went to my dad. I was so baffled. I was like, Dad, the Honda Accord is the most stolen car in the world for what? The fucking Accord is disgusting looking. Like, what the fuck are people stealing the Honda Accord for? Another thing, not that it has anything to do with anything, but another thing, I've always loved cars. And as, growing up, like as a teenager, again, once my body started to change, guys would be like, whoa, you like cars? It's like, ugh. Again, if bored was a sound, ugh. And my dad was like, no, you have to understand, it's not because the Accord is such a wonderful car. The parts are just worth more than the car. And I was like, whoa, 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 what do you mean? He's like, well, it's not that the car's worth a lot, but each part, 
take it apart. You strip the car. Parts are worth a lot because so many people got it. They need the parts. And I was like, so you're telling me that the car is worth more for its parts than it is for the car itself? And he said, yeah. And my mind was just blown. Because, of course, me being me, I immediately applied it to, like, the social condition, the human condition. I was like, oh, shit. That's like with people. That's like with girls. Our parts are more valuable than the whole. You see what I'm saying? The parts are more valuable than the whole because if you deal with the whole, you got to deal with someone who's got a fucking brain. Someone who wants certain things in their life that have nothing to do with material. They don't want just your dick. They don't want just your fucking money. They want more. Which means you got to be more than just a dick with money. But you don't want to be. Because that's what your gender has indoctrinated you into. That's all you got to be is a big dick and money. And that's perfect if all you got is puzzle pieces. But if you've got a whole fleshed out person, they're going to want more than just the little few pieces that you're willing to offer. All the rest of your pieces you keep locked away that you just, you know, when did those pieces come out? When? When you're hanging with a bunch of dudes. No, they don't. No, they don't. I got to say it. These podcasts, these two podcasts I mentioned with the with the Joe Bunny one, the Joe Rune, both of them, they get kind of boring after a while. Why? Because they don't want to reveal more than just those few pieces. And they don't interact with anyone who expects more than those few pieces. And so what do you get? You get a bunch of redundant, empty conversation. I mean, Joe Rogan can have the smartest people in the world on his podcast every day if he wants, but his fucking responses are the same to fucking everything because that's what he's got. He's got this hyper-masculinity, and that's fucking it. And it's boring as shit. It's boring as shit. I could go on that podcast and say just trigger words, and I know exactly what the fuck he would say to every single one of them. You want to get him worked up? Talk about fighting. You want to get him passionate? Talk about training. You want to get him laughing and, you know, talking like sexy? Talk about cars. You want to you wanna get him more on a, like a more of a spiritual thing? Talk about drugs. He's going to give you the same answers, the same answers, the same comments, the same comments. Because, because he's so entrenched in that one way of being that outside of that, there's nothing. He's turned himself into a bunch of parts. Right? Joe Budden is one of the smartest people that I have ever, ever seen. He's got that very sharp Virgo mind. And he's got the balls to say what other people won't say. And what does he do with it? Look at his life. What does he do with it? Fuck hoes. Talk about it. Make jokes about it. Just con- that, that podcast has turned into like, watch one of the smartest, most handsome people in the world just demean himself, degrade himself twice a week. He just turned himself into a bunch of parts. That. That has what is what has always rubbed me the wrong way about gender. And that's this is all this is it? That's it. 
bro, my inner life is much too rich for this. <laughs> Sorry. If that sitting in the Ferrari next to you, huh? That's that's yeah, that's my fucking dream, yo. Yeah, that's all I fucking want in life is just to fucking drive around listening to tech ay 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 like the fuck. That's it. That's what we do it. <laughs> I cannot. I cannot. I cannot. The boredom. The fucking boredom of it. So yeah, there isn't, um, I mean, none of this is shocking to me because I've always felt this way and I've always been really open about it, but I can see how some of you might find it shocking. Um, I think I've been very open about it at least, but yeah, I've, I've never comfortably identified as a woman. I've never comfortably identified as being straight. I've never, 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 I've never identified comfortably with any of these norms that we have in place. None of them have ever made sense to me. But I always have been keenly aware that they're part of a greater system of control. Now, do I think that people that used to be physically male should be taking hormone shots for a year and then competing uh, in female sports as females? No, that's just another way for a dude to be a dickhead. You're just being a dick. It's still all about power. It's still all about control. What the fuck are you doing? This is like you're you're associating with a certain gender or not associating with a certain gender or is identifying with a completely third, fourth, fifth gender, whatever you are, is about your internal life. It's about how you feel. It's about how you interact with society. It's not about running and fucking winning a wrestling match, you dickhead. So no, that's just another way for dudes to be dicks, right? They're just, they're just using uh, the newest thing that they can get their hands on to be even more of a dick, right? Is it any wonder that Bruce Jenner waited until he had gone through a transition of becoming a female to let everyone know that he was a right-wing asshole? Because oh, it's about power. It's about power. It's just about doing it to get more fucking power. It's such a fucking disease that we have, this power struggle that we have. It's such a fucking disease and it has nothing. It's, it's completely tainted and soiled the gender conversation because you have these fucking assholes who are really just dickhead guys. And they're still acting like dickhead guys, except now they're doing it on hormones. That's not the same thing as having a nuanced, careful discussion about gender, about what it means in this society to be identified as this or that, and thus how you are treated because of it. It's not about fucking winning medals and races. The conversation that needs to be had, especially at a young age, especially when kids are going through puberty, is this is not something you've got to fit into yet. You don't need to be on hormone blockers or enhancers or anything right now. You, you don't need to choose to be anything right now. You can choose to be undecided right now if that's what you, because you're, you don't know yet. 
because you don't know yet the reason that suicide numbers are so high in kids that go through gender reassignment in their puberty years is because they are not fully formed. They don't know yet. And so by the time they get through everything, and they make these huge drastic changes that then make society respond to them differently, then they're left thinking, okay, now what if I identify as the other? What if I identify as neither? Now I've gone and done all this. Now I've you know, done this with my family. I've done it publicly. I've done it to my body. And now my body is reacting to the fact that my mind is still going, nah, this is not what I am either. So the broader discussion that we need to have is about holding space. It's about not needing people to identify as one or the other so we can know whether we want to fuck them or not. I am so tired. I'm so fucking fed up and tired with this fucking sexuality run bullshit where everything is just about fucking, fucking, fucking. No, would you fuck this kind of person? Would you fuck a transgender? You You think that's all fucking a transgender person is? is an option on your fucking whiteboard of whether or not you'd want to fuck them or not? What this is ultimately going to force, this issue is going to force us into is a real conversation about people's internal lives, about the power struggles that exist in our cultures, about how we treat one gender over another, how we treat people. Because that's what the real issue is here. Is that we don't know how to hold space for people. Whether it be that they're unsure about their gender, their religion, their sexuality. We don't know how to let people be. We don't know how to let people, how to give people respect for their inner lives. We want things branded and categorized so we know how much respect we can have for them. How much we can use them or not use them. Again, this is what confuses if you've got a guy around who doesn't like me this is what confuses him about me is that he has these labels that he would very easily like to stick on me but none of them fucking stick if you try to stick that label on me as and and i'm guilty of it too guys i've dated have done this if you try to stick that label on me of like okay she's a hot girl the second i open my mouth and go tell you to fuck your mother because of the way you spoke to me you're gonna be like oh wait (laughs) And the second you get mad at me for it, and I tell you, come on, you want to fight? What do you want to do? Because I will fuck you up. What do you want to do? You talk to me like that again, I'm going to break your fucking nose. What are you going to do? What, those labels fall off pretty fucking quick, huh? And we're so primed. We've been built by this society to categorize and label and shove into this pile or that pile that we have no respect for what goes on inside of a person we have no idea how to respect people without the 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 added categorization of do i want to fuck this person or not is this person fuckable or not for me The way I like to live my life is like, I'm not even giving you the option. You don't get to see me as someone you fuck or not fuck because I'm telling you very clearly with my words, my clothing, my attitude, and the way I'm looking at you that you can't fuck me regardless of how I identify. I'm out of your fucking league. 
And that causes a real fucking problem because you got people who are, all they do, like everyone does, is categorize you as fuckable or not. And they're looking at someone who's like, you can't categorize me as that because you can't even get next to me, son. It's not even a fucking option. Think of some new fucking categories for me. I'm going to make you expand your fucking mind. Because no, you're not getting in my fucking pants. No, I'm not making this fucking easy for you. No, I'm not going to act like some typical fucking subjugated straight female that's going to give you what the fuck you want because you got a dick. No. Now what? Now you want to have a conversation? Now you want to get to know me or what? And the more you get to know me, it's not going to clear up the confusion. You're just going to get more and more confused. (laughs) The more you talk to me, you're going to get more and more confused because if you make the assumption, oh, she's more like a guy. No, I'm not. Oh, she's more like a girl? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Yeah, in some ways this, in some ways that, but no, not really. You don't know how many times I've heard, so what are you? I don't know. Me. Me. I'm me. How about that? How about you specifically get to know me? And not what you think I am, therefore how you think you could treat me. How about you get to know me? And this is why I think when I leave relationships, it ruins people. Because I didn't let you deal with me as a generality. You dealt with me specifically. And once you deal with someone specifically based on who they are outside of these categorizations. What you're doing is you're dealing with someone's soul. You know, because I hate to break it to you, but your soul doesn't have a fucking gender. (laughs) All these people fucking walking around bashing people who are transgender and, oh, what are they doing? They're freaks and this and that. They're closer to their soul than you could ever fucking be. And maybe there's even a part of you that fucking knows and is terrified of it. All right. I gotta go. I love you. I'll be back. It's your girl, DJ Nark.